There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I thought this song sounded kind of Charlie Puthy. It is. You gotta believe me. It is. Ronan Farrell has written another piece for The New Yorker, and uh, Bradley thinks it has a stunning resemblance to a religion we're obsessed with on The Colleen and Bradley Show on MyTalk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Colleen Lindstrom, and that's Bradley Trainer. Scientology is the name of the church, but before we get there, Colleen, I have to read this headline that just came across the transom at about uh, 1.58 in the p.m. New York prosecutor to seek Weinstein indictment. So it looks like Cyrus mm-hmm. Vance Jr., he's the DA in Manhattan, is going to pursue an indictment against film producer Harvey Weinstein next week. That's according to page six. Sources who spoke to the uh, New York Post said the producer, in, or the prosecutor rather, intends to first present the case in front of a grand jury. We'll obviously continue to uh, carry all that news for you yeah. uh, on our station. But let's get back to the the uh, Ronan Farrow piece. So that dropped last night, and I will say, or yesterday, I will say that Ronan Farrow, you, if you don't know, he was one of the first to expose Harvey Weinstein at length um, in a journalistic format, mm-hmm. right? He tried to do it through NBC. They would not. There's some question carry about out. why they said no. He then walks over to the New Yorker. Well, he has now done. And by the way, that's what really, you know, got this whole conversation going about sexual harassment. That's why we're having a My Talk roundtable tomorrow. Stay tuned. One to or noon to two tomorrow. Um, that's what got this whole conversation kicked off. But it was really sort of the initial like rape allegations, a couple of very lurid stories. And we were all uh, completely wrapped. Well, yeah. I was just going to say, and he he really, I mean, he wasn't just speculating. His he he talked to people and named names, and it was the first story of of its kind about Harvey Weinstein that was that in depth and actually included real stories. Um, tonight, or excuse me, yesterday, the second uh, expose dropped. Ronan Farrow did an in depth piece on the behind the scenes of how Harvey Weinstein was able to keep accusers at bay and actually how he spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to manipulate, to lie, to distort, to uncover, to trace, trail, uh, investigate, and otherwise go after the women uh, that he believed were going to accuse him, including Rose McGowan of rape. Uh, and other sexual allegations. And as we learned, they did those things. But the piece that Ronan did, Colleen, it's like about 15 pages, if you print it out and read it, of just detailed, detailed um, 
plotting. Yeah. I mean, on the part of, of Harvey Weinstein. We had talked about this very early on. Like, we had speculated that there had to have been people covering up for him. But what you will read in The New Yorker it is deeper and, and wider and more dark than what you ever could have in your mind imagined. And most importantly, you know, uh, it's again, I use the word Scientology. So I would compare what Harvey Weinstein did to the Church of Scientology and what they have done to silence their critics. So the Church of Scientology has hired private investigators to dig up dirt on people who oppose the church or victims of the church to make them look bad in press accounts. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what Harvey Weinstein is alleged to have done thanks to the work that Ronan Farrow did in this latest New Yorker piece. It included, but is not limited to, hiring international private investigative firms who did intense, deep, in-depth, layered investigations to track people, accusers, Mm -hmm. to infiltrate their lives, posing as people sympathetic to their accusations of sexual abuse. Um, in the case of Rose McGowan, this woman approached her and befriended her. I mean, it's it reads like a spy novel. It does. You, you truly do not feel like this could be real. And when you take a step back and you realize that all of this, all of this hullabaloo, all of this cover-up, all of these this deep web of, of um, investigators paying attention to what other people are doing is all to cover up a man who frankly, just wanted to wield his power by sexually assaulting women. When you step back, it's a guy, a kind of gross, pervy guy trying to cover up all the things he'd done wrong. And it's mind blowing. Well, and even more than that, it's, you know, we talked about how it's not just one person. Like when you have somebody like Harvey Weinstein, we're like, oh, he's the rotten, you know, uh, apple in the barrel. no. What you realize is that the whole barrel is rotten because Harvey Weinstein wielded so much power. He was able to he was able to get people that work in his organization to do things. They they admittedly, according unless you think that Ronan made any of this up, it is complete replete with um, testimony, with documentation that you can view online of contracts that were signed, hundreds of thousands of dollars that were paid for, and admittedly by attorneys that tried to cover this up, admitting that they did the wrong thing. But he also was able to get employees of his organization to be complicit in uh, investigating these women um, and trying to, you know, um, to find out information about them in a way that they admit in this piece that they felt completely uncomfortable with. So it's not just one creeper. Mm -hmm. It is an entire web. And what it really made me worry about was um, who else is doing this? Because Harvey Weinstein didn't just make this process up. You learn about in this piece two organizations, one of which is called Black Cube, Mm -hmm. and they basically will, for the right price, do any dirty work that you want. And mm-hmm. as long as you have your lawyer arrange it for you, which mm-hmm. is something else I learned, mm-hmm. they can't, uh, you, the work that that investigative group does is not admissible in court because it's considered attorney client privilege. Mm-hmm. 
Ugh. You know, and and at the center of all of this is Rose McGowan. I mean, she is kind of a thread throughout this particular article. Other women, of course, as well. But what you start to realize is any opinion you have had in the past before Rose McGowan talked about Harvey Weinstein, any opinion you had about her being unhinged, incapable, um, you know, any any hint you had about that, untalented, un, difficult to work with, any of those opinions were firmly shaped by the, these operations and Harvey Weinstein. Everything you have been fed about Rose McGowan and who she is in Hollywood has come directly from these people. She was a target of a sophisticated network attempting to discredit her. And if I mean, and again, it's not hyperbole. It literally is. There were investigators trying to get up as much dirt on her and then putting that out in the media so that people would discredit her if she came forward. Mm-hmm. And it shows just how pervasive or um, pernicious power can really be when yeah. a person wants to wield it, yeah. just like Harvey Weinstein did. So yeah. I would wholeheartedly, and I know, Colleen, you would agree that you go read this at some point. It is a little bit of a long read, but it's a page turner. I could not uh, put it down once I started reading last night. Well, like you said, I mean, it really does read like a, like, like a novel. Grab a glass of wine yeah. or a cup of coffee or whatever you want, some tea, sit on the couch. Get and, in front of the, turn on that fire. And uh, you're going to be fascinated. Yeah. And disgusted. Well, uh, you know, I do just want to quickly mention again, this is exactly why we are going to be talking tomorrow on our My Talk Roundtable about sexual harassment with uh, two experts, Jim Keenan from POR Emotional Wellness and Dr. Susan Strauss from St. Mary's University of Minnesota. They are experts in the field. They're going to talk about why people don't always report it, what should and could happen if you do report it, what constitutes sexual harassment. We'll also be sharing uh, stories with real people like you, our listeners. That's between noon and two tomorrow. You don't want to miss it on My Talk 1071. And now, Bradley, I firmly believe we need another palate cleanser. Yes, put the world on hold. Put the world on hold. Okay, so why don't we, when we come back... Why don't we settle the great nacho debate, okay? Bradley Trainer says nachos are literally the worst appetizer in They're the whole They're disgusting. World. You need to stop eating them. And I have a very specific reason why, and I'm right, and that's all that needs to be said. Okay, well, I have an opinion as well, and we're going to share that and get your thoughts after this on My Talk 107. Nacho! Bradley thinks that nachos are literally the worst appetizer. Period. Period. And we're going to be litigating that right here (laughs) on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, where we are everything entertainment, everything nachos. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer, who apparently doesn't like nachos. I know I'm not alone, so please just let me have a moment and tell you why I believe what I believe. Yeah. So it occurred to me yesterday, we were talking about it because it was National Nacho Day, and we were talking about, like, how are we going to use that for a snap judgment? I was like, look, nachos are literally the worst appetizer. You looked at me like I said that I had killed somebody. You, yeah, uh, my And then soul. ate their corpse uh, with, you know... Tortilla chips. A nice candy. <laughs> but, the, but I'm absolutely one... And then I, I thought about it hard, like, am I making a little 
little too much out of this? No. And I doubled down on it and I'm holding fast to my opinion Mm -hmm. that nachos are the worst appetizer. Here's why. Because somebody takes, whoever gets to the nachos first is going to take the chips. Inevitably, they're going to pull off most of the toppings. There's not going to be enough toppings throughout the nachos so that all you're going to be end uh you're going to be left with even if you were eating the nachos alone at some point you're going to end up with a half a, a plate full of dry chips and you're going to already have been teased with all of these wonderful uh toppings and they will be gone and you'll have to like gum dry chips for the rest of the experience nachos are a tease and a bad appetizer that is essentially my argument. All right, 651-641-1071. Do you agree with Bradley or do you agree with me? Here's my position on nachos. Bradley, I think what your problem actually is is a user error because a user error. And I think that this is a common user error. So I want to I want to acknowledge the experience you've had with nachos. Okay, explain to me the user error. I think nachos are meant to be consumed vertically and not horizontally. The problem is people go across the top layer of the nachos. What you really should be doing is going from top to bottom but even with if the you nachos. go top to bottom, you're still, after like the first layer, going to get to a bunch of dry chips. You also can select from the bottom and bring it up top and then scoop a little up from the top. Yeah, but you're never going to have enough topping for chips. There will always be too many chips to the topping ratio. Okay. And that, that therefore, the best option for you is to get a, a, a bowl of whatever dip or a variety of toppings and take one chip and scoop it in. Put it in your mouth, scoop it in, put it in your mouth. Therefore, every chip you put in your mouth has topping on it. 651-641-1071, where do you stand on Nacho Gate? Um, But you know what? I've been thinking about this, too, because I have the same exact problem with, um, and I'm not trying to do a bait and switch here. This is honest. I'm being very serious. Whenever there is a appetizer that requires like little slices of bread, and some sort of dip or spread, the ratio is always off. Well, so yeah, what do you the- always do? You always ask for more of whatever the thing is that you're missing. So why can't we then say to the nacho people, hey, because your design nachos flaw. are bare there's, the there's, a, there's a fundamental design flaw to nachos, which is that people dump stuff on top of chips. Nobody actually layers stuff with the chips. And even if they do, they layer it in the middle so that the surrounding border of chips end up dry and gross. And again, you do that weird Minnesota thing where you're like, you know, like you might at first take one clump of goo, but then after the initial clump of goo, everybody gets a clump of goo. And then after that, you're all just eating bone dry chips and everybody's like, well, that was that was kind of. Or maybe like a like a wayward green onion flops onto your chip, or like a tiny little bit of of uh, you know oven baked cheese on the corner edge of one chip. Oh, we got some opinions. We sure do, and we don't have time for all of them. So let's go to Alicia first. Hi, Alicia. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. What do you want to say about? Yeah. What are nachos? your nacho thoughts? I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, This A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I agree with Bradley. I've never been able to eat nachos and have it where all of the chips are consumed at the end. At the end, I have a half a plate of chips with nothing on it, and either you're asking for some salsa to eat them, or we're just kind of like, no one's touching them. Yeah, you're just sad. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks, Alicia. Let's go to Ramona. Hi, Ramona. What's your nacho thought? Um, I agree with Bradley. I have never tasted one, so I really don't know what they taste like, but I just think they look awful. So I have never eaten one, but I think they're the worst one. You're like a unicorn, Ramona. I've (laughs) never heard of anybody not eating nachos. Thank you. I eat my chips and salsa. Yeah, that's that's because you're smart. You're smart. Thanks, Ramona. Thanks, Ramona. It's also cheaper. Hi, let's go to Christy. Hi, Christy. I have to agree with Crassley. They just get the big uh-oh. Oh, Christy, we oh, lost we, you. We lost her. Oh, that's too bad. Go to Chris. Let's She's to still Chris. agreed with me. Hi, I'm fine Chris. With it. Okay, fine. Hi, Chris. <laughs> Hi, I'll tell you what. I got the dilemma all taken care of. You guys go to Green Mill Restaurant. Okay. You've got the nachos taken care of. They take a tostada, break it in half, and they put all the toppings on it. And you're not losing anything at all. It's the best nachos I've ever had. Huh. Interesting. And not only that, you get uh, the salsa, you get the sour cream, you get the guacamole. And I'll tell you, it's it's the best thing ever. Okay. You can have a meal on that alone. All right. All right Chris, Thanks, Chris. Thank you. I mean, I think she probably works for Green Mill and wanted to just, you know, fool us into thinking that there was some sort of magical nacho that I've never experienced in my life. Do you ever make nachos at home? No. Really? No, because they're because again, I can't do I'm not saying that like they're trying like they're trying to cheat us out of toppings. You just can't get every chip. I'm just saying popped. if you make them at home by yourself. You can have control over that. You do one thin layer and everything has a topping. It's the best. I'm telling you, you're absolutely wrong. Nachos, worst appetizer. Listen, Just I'm going to own be, it I'll be and the, accept it. No, I'll be the lone voice in the nacho wilderness. <laughs> you can have all the nachos. That's a good news. Yay, more for more you. for me when we come back. Crazy, stupid idiots. Uh, we got some oldies and some goodies. My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. For everything entertainment, I'm Colleen Lindstrom, that's Bradley Trainer, and here are your crazy stupid idiots. Well then, I guess one could say, that's a crazy stupid idiot. Yeah! Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of Florida. But that's not where we're going first. Let's head all the way to Auckland, Auckland, New Zealand. And I want you to hear firsthand and I want you to decide for yourself uh, where the the crazy, stupid idiots are. You're going to hear some uh, an elderly lady talk about something that happened recently on a bus with a bunch of her friends. Walkers based in Henderson, and every second Sunday we have an away walk. We all went out to Waiheke, spent a lovely day walking out there, caught the bus back home from the center of the city. Um, We were on the bus for about two minutes when the bus driver pulled over in front of the Sky Tower and waved at us. Not in a threatening manner, but just waved at us, never said anything, none of us knew what was happening. And he carried on. We got up into Hobson Street and he pulled over, not even at a bus stop, 
pulled over to the side of the road and switched the bus off. And we all sat there, totally bewildered. There were eight of us on the bus, and we were sitting right at the back of the bus, and there were nine other passengers on the bus. So Harry got up and went over to the bus driver and asked him what the problem was. And he said, well, he's not going on any further. We've got to stop talking. We're talking too loud. Oh, he was totally bewildered. He turned around. Harry faced the passengers and said, well, the bus driver said he's not going to carry on because we're talking too loud. I'm sorry, are we upsetting you? And they all said, no, not at all. So he came and he sat down and we were totally shocked, shocked into silence. So that is the sound of a group of elderly walkers who were booted off a bus in New Zealand after being accused of, quote, acting like animals. Like, were they barking? Um, There were eight walkers. These are walkers. If you couldn't quite catch the accent. And if you see them, they're like eight grandparents, Mm -hmm. adorable 72 to 79 year old grandparents Mm -hmm. who've quote been left traumatized after a bus driver said that the group was so raucous he couldn't concentrate on the road uh did they sound particularly raucous in the telling of that tale nothing raucous about that no a bunch of blue-haired grannies and gramps um acting quote like animals and sounds of a fish market (laughs) what (laughs) He said, we'd been drinking and we were acting like idiots. She went on to say the strongest thing we drank all day was two cups of coffee. Which, I mean, that's not much, really. (laughs) I mean. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I feel sad for them. They had just come from a beautiful walking trip to uh, explore Waihiki Island. Okay, thank you for, thank you for sorting that out. Because at the very beginning, she said something about getting on why hickey and i didn't understand if they were giving each other hickeys in which case i would say yeah you should be kicked off the bus yeah but they weren't they were just being them oh that's a sad story yeah they decided to get off the bus and then they just sat there alone until somebody picked them up and walked him across the street yeah <laughs> Uh, okay, let's go to Ocala, Florida, shall we? Yeah. Okay, I, this is a very confusing story, okay? But just listen closely. I will guide you through it, okay? There is a 27-year-old woman whose name is April Forrest. She was a prostitute. Okay. Apparently. Sex worker. A sex worker, apparently. The cops found her ad online and they thought, okay, we're gonna we're gonna try to catch her, right? She's a prostitute. We're gonna catch her. So they sent an undercover officer. Okay, so an officer posing as a John yep. goes to visit this prostitute. Okay, turns out she's actually a robber posing as a prostitute because when the John gets there, oh, she stole all this stuff. That's actually her gig. She's got a guy who acts as her pimp, but he's not really a pimp. He's also a robber. So when the undercover officer, John, shows up, the fake prostitute and fake pimp robbers rob him. But the problem is they don't actually become, they don't always, they don't get all the way through with the robbery because... The officer, John, realizes that the gun that they're pointing at him is what? 
fake. So they don't actually end up robbing him. Problem is now no crimes have been committed and we've got an undercover officer, fake John, trying to sting a, a prostitute, prostitute who's not really a prostitute oh and her pimp who's not really a pimp, but they're robbers, but they can't rob him because they have a fake gun. Oh God. Thank you. But isn't like attempting to rob somebody like attempted theft she was, a, a crime? Well, she ended up being busted on an outstanding warrant. And so, and then he, the pimp, the fake pimp, was arrested for driving on a suspended license. So they did end up being able to bring them in, but not for what they thought they were going to bring them in for. And again, everything in it is fake. Everything in that story was fake. But the crime was real. Was the real. story fake? No, the story's oh, real. Okay. It's the only thing that's real. It's Are the only sure? thing you can trust. I, I mean, I'm not really? sure, but. Okay. Yeah. Where was that again? Ocala, Florida. Oh, Ocala, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, well, good, because we're going to stay in Florida. This oh. time we're going to go to the Palm Beach area. Okay. And I want to tell you the story, a tale of Carlos Ceballos. He's 33 years old of West Palm Beach, and he faces uh, some grand theft charges. Now, here is another example of what we call spot the the uh, criminal. I love this. Spot the CSI. Okay. Is the criminal the CSI or the victim the CSI? Ooh, Am I victim blaming? Usually the criminal. Yeah, usually, right? Well, okay, Carlos Ceballos is 33 of West Palm Beach. He is uh, charged with stealing nearly $160,000 from an elderly couple. Mm. I mean, that's it's horrible. disgusting and horrible. Right? Yeah. He stole $160,000 of gold coins. From an elderly couple. Okay. okay. I mean, it's not a good idea to steal from old people, much right. less anybody. But, you know, old people, oh, they're so cute. And that's like their retirement money. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question, please? Yeah. Why does an elderly couple have $160,000 in gold coins sitting in their house? I don't know. Were they like, I don't know. That is, I don't know. Is that a thing? Yeah. You don't do that. You're not supposed to yeah, do that. People do that. You know no. why? Because they listen to dumb people on the radio tell them that the world is going to end and they need to buy gold coins no. because if the world ends, they're not going to be able to go to the bank. Okay. <laughs> so I know grandma and grandpa should not be called crazy or stupid or idiots because they've probably worked very hard and they're the greatest generation. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm hmm. But don't keep one hundred. Don't keep one hundred and sixty thousand dollars in coins in your house. Oh my gosh! How did this guy get the coin? I mean, like he must have known them, right? I'm just. Oh yeah. Well, okay. So according to the police, the victims reported. By the way, and I'll just give you a little bit more detail. Eighty uh, of their one hundred and ninety-three gold coins were missing from their safe, located in their pantry. And the coins apparently worth around $2,000 each. Wow. That's crazy. That is insane. A value of about 160000 So all told, in their house, they only had 160000 sold. In their house, all told, they had like $400,000 of gold coins. Of gold coins. Now, um, uh, the, what was your question? 
if the guy who stole the stuff knew them because he must have, I mean, you know, you don't just like show up at a house and, and go to their gold coin stash. I mean, it's not like Scrooge McDuck. Like, you know, that's not a normal thing to have. Apparently, um, they were caretakers. Carlos uh, was the husband of the caretaker mm. of this elderly couple. So I'm mm, sure the caretaker mm. was like, oh, these people got a lot of gold coins. Gosh, and he was crazy. like, well, okay, let's steal them. Let's help ourselves. Also, They'll never notice. don't give your caretaker the code to your damn safe. Right. Because he's going to walk off with hundreds of thousands of dollars. In gold coins. Just don't do that. Oh. Right? Or am I being totally rude to the I old people? I don't know. I mean, I generally they put their speaking, money in a bank. Yeah, I feel If the bank strongly. goes up in flames, you still get to keep your money. Yeah. I mean, unless, unless you're listening to the crazy people who say... You gotta buy gold! Yeah. Those are, you know, I would actually, I'm curious if in their pantry, they also had buckets of dry food that they bought from James Baker. Thank you, Jim Baker. Jim Baker. Yeah. Yeah. Was that after or before he raped that lady in the hotel? Ooh. All righty then. (laughs) On that note. I'm just saying I would not buy buckets of food from a guy who raped a lady and went to jail for uh, hiding a lot of money. When we come back, we've got I'm a very sorry, important... was that a little much? <laughs> it was, I just, I can't, I don't know what to do. I just want it to sit and be. When we come back, we've got a question for you. It's our Daily Snap Judgment. Go to Facebook.com. <laughs> Is it a good idea? No, I'm sorry. Forward slash MyTalk1071. <laughs> the question is, gold coins? Yes. Or, no, I'm just kidding. It's chicken nuggets or chicken tenders. You can answer it on our Facebook page. We'll, we'll get your answers after this on MyTalk1071. Previously on Jason and Alexis. Question We, Colleen and Bradley, are asking on MyTalk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. We are everything entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. And that chicken nugget over there is Bradley Trainer. I'm not a chicken nugget. I'm oh, a tender. I'm sorry. That chicken tender. Tenderloin. And that is the question we're asking in our Daily Snap Judgment. You can uh, follow along at the Facebook page, the MyTalk 1071 Facebook page, and. Uh, Here are some of your answers to that very important question. Bradley Valerie said, well, since I'm on day 16 of the whole 30, I'll say no thank you. I'll take a lovely prosciutto-wrapped chicken breast with fresh sage and garlic and lemon ghee sauce instead, please. Oh, my God. She's going all in ghee. 15 days until wine. I'll tell you, the whole 30 people are very into cooking with ghee. Yeah. It's like in the book. It's a big deal. Yeah, because they take the the milk salads out of your... Yeah, so, you know... G, it's ghee. Uh, Christy said, chicken tenders from the one and only Culver's best ever. <laughs> Philip said, my nuggets are tender. <laughs> Ew. Sarah said, tenders, unless there's a McDonald's nugget. You can have whatever nuggets you want, Sarah. And Angela said, Nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna do Christopher says nuggets for life. Yes. Those are your answers to our daily snap judgment. We do that every day around this time on the Colleen and Bradley show. And then we get to the three to three. These are the three things you need to know before we go at the end of the show. You know, uh, let's start with the 30 second pop culture challenge. We do that every day at 1230 on the Colleen and Bradley show. And here's what happened today. 
Here we go. What was the family name of the main characters in the Cosby show? The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air featured which superstar actor and rapper? Will Smith. What popular children's show debuted in, on PBS in 1969? Sesame Street. Which presidential drama began in 1999 featuring actors like Allison Janney and Martin Sheen? West Wing. What was the name of the Lone Ranger's horse? Uh, oh, I don't know. Um, oh, come on, guess, guess, guess. Oh, Andrew. Uh, I've, I've seen the movie with Johnny Depp, but I don't I, uh, I remember what he was. Hi-ho, Silver. Oh, underway. Oh, that was a bummer. He was good, though. He was quick. No, he got, I thought for sure he was going to get uh, all of them because he was making really good time. I know, but, uh, it, well, we do that every day at 1230. So if you'd like to try your shot at the 30 second pop culture challenge, you can do that tomorrow. Well, number two on the three to three, the three things you need to know before we go. Bradley, we had a really great conversation with our friends at the Science Museum. We had our friend Kim Ramsden call in to talk about that sweatshirt, that brontosaurus sweatshirt that we saw in the first episode of Stranger Things 2 that they've recreated at the Science Museum and is available online starting today. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you and everybody else want this hoodie. It has just been insane, but I I guarantee just be be patient. We're working so hard. Uh, Our our website was down for a little bit. We had a hiccup, but we're back up and running. And so, yeah, so... Just hang tight. Keep watching the show if you're not done already. And- <laughs> That's what you can do to, to, to kind of work through your time. We're, of course, talking about the Brontosaurus hoodie that is a vintage Science Museum of Minnesota model that we saw in the first episode of Stranger Things 2. The character of Dustin was wearing uh, that that sweatshirt. And did we, I mean, you guys like had to basically recreate this sweatshirt. We did. So we saw the screenshot that was on the show, and we were, we've been talking with Netflix to try to make sure we're getting it right. Uh, so so we recreated the shirt, and it, so they had it. So the the show had an actual um, old, you know, actual shirt, and uh, they recreated it to make it look new for Dustin on the show. And then we rec- from that recreation, we made our own. We're the the official licensed um, Brontosaurus hoodie. When you buy it from the Science Museum, you not only support us, but you will get a certificate of authenticity as well. And and then the cred for standing, you know, for waiting in the queue, right? For- <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you uh, can still go online. In fact, they were having some kerfuffles this morning, but you can just get online if you go to the website. Oh, Donnie got his in three minutes. Three oh, wow. minutes, yeah. Who did you have to, you Nobody. know? I, oh, just, okay. I just went online to the merchandise and I it said you're in the queue and three minutes later I was in. Well, look at you, Donnie. Uh, Okay, well, you know, those are still available. And by the way, I think it's important for people to know it's not like this is a limited edition thing. There's an unlimited amount available. So if you order one, you will get it. So so don't worry about it. Just get there and do it when you've got the time. But it did crash their website this morning. It was insane. That's why I waited. Yeah, that's our Donnie. He's (laughs) so practical, Donnie. Yeah, so sensible, you know. It's a perfect Christmas present for someone special in your life. There you go. Oh, that is a good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. 
Okay, and you know what, uh, Bradley? I'm having a hard time with this last one oh, still. Oh, God, for the Lord of Lords. Thank uh, you. Yeah, I don't know. We're, we have, we've been having some technical difficulties. I'm going to uh, beat the social or the uh, technical department upside the head after the show. I bet they're very excited <laughs> about that. I'm sure it's user error, actually. Oh. Uh, but I could not get uh, our last, our three to three last segment up for you. I apologize. Okay, well, the last thing was the following. We had to litigate the conversation about nachos because Bradley believes that nachos are literally the worst appetizer true. in the world. Well, I haven't been all over the world, but at least here in the United States. And I disagree. Donnie. Yeah. As I said yesterday, it wouldn't be my first choice, but I certainly don't think it's the worst I mean, appetizer. Well, what do you think is the worst it. appetizer? So you've got to like, you uh, know, Brussels if you're going to make a clay. Okay, well, first of all, when have you ever been offered <laughs> I mean, Brussels sprouts as an appetizer? I, I was trying to be a uh, Cancer? Of course, <laughs> there are worse appetizers, but... Of the things you typically see on a menu, what would you claim then, if not nachos? I mean, stand up for your worst. Oysters. Just oysters? Like raw oysters? I can't stand oysters. Or just any kind of oysters? Oh, God, I love oysters. No, I can't. Don't even get that. It looks like puke. I'm actually going (laughs) to... Okay. Hello. All all in on that. I'm going to tell you uh, that you're not going to like this. My least favorite appetizer, I like honest to God, think the worst appetizer, don't even try to give this to me on the appetizer menu, is chips and salsa. I don't or I don't because you're not gonna I don't want to order that at a restaurant. Why? I can because it's well, easy. Oh God, have I can you have you been to Little Tees? Yeah. Okay. Wait. That's, Excuse me, okay. please. Hold on. No. No. I'm not allowing it. You have now owned it. I reserve lies. I would eat it at Little Tees because that's a whole because they home they make their tortilla have chips there. Have you been there. to Little Tees, Donnie? They keep them. The I, wet I ones are not. amazing you need to go because oh. they have what they call uh, wet, wet chips. chips. Yeah. Actually, I think they just call them fried, but, but they, I like to they call give them those wet. to yeah. you for free at the beginning of the meal. Right. But... Oh, I, th- that's my thing. I'm not. I don't want to pay for chips and salsa. No, of course God. not. You just in think general. Okay, well, first put them of on the all, table. again, at home, I can just dump out a bag of chips and dump out some salsa and call it. Like, I don't need to pay three. Dollars and fifty cents uh, for agree. that. Oh my god! If Thank you. I, agree you, with you. I hope every <laughs> restaurant out there that has really good chips and salsa refuses to serve Colleen. That Lindstrom. is a very very small group of people that has. You are good missing out. S- chips Little and tease. Salsa. I hope you're listening. Okay. I'm. By the way, also talking about. I'm just saying. I'm not going to get that at the neighborhood Applebee's, for example. I'm not going to get chips and salsa. Yeah, but that doesn't mean chips TGI and salsa Fridays. is the worst appetizer. Oh my gosh! Applebee's are no longer. Do you serve see you. how <laughs> difficult he can be? <laughs> what, Donnie? Just because I speak my truth, you want to take my I voice know you away? I uh, want to get in the middle of this. Yeah, you do, Donnie. Do I say yeah. it? Say it. He's pretty difficult. He isn't can he? be. Yes, thank you. And other times he can be quite logical. Yeah, yes. Well, well that's he's true. A, he's this is not one of those times. He's a, he's a puzzle. Black. He's an enigma. Wrapped in a riddle. Yes. I'm, uh, the, he is. He's a dichotomy. There's nothing mysterious about the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> okay, well. Nachos are dumbos. <laughs> Okay. Great great argument. More of that tomorrow out of the mouth of Bradley Trainer on the Colleen and Bradley Show. Stay tuned for Lori and Julia coming up next on My Talk 1071.